Bank of America Practice Solutions is leading the way into 2021. From the award-winning digital banking application and platform to the business-focused lending and cash flow savings promotions, they are a proud sponsor of the South Florida District Dental Association and happy to provide their skills and services to the dental industry. They focus on first-time practice startups and acquisitions, established practice remodels, expansion, debt refinances, even commercial real estate. Visit Bank of America Practice Solutions to see which program is right for you. Dental Broker of Florida is supporting the dental industry in the post-pandemic situation, offering many tools on their website for your convenience. They also have their customary services available, including portfolio of dental offices for sale, practice assessment of value, and help in finding associates and staff for your practice. Visit DentalBrokerFlorida.com for more detail. everyone and welcome to Ain't That the Tooth, a podcast by the South Florida District Dental Association where we take you into the lives of our members and their perspective on all kinds of topics in and out of dentistry. I am your host Yolanda Marrero and today's topic deals with technology. Our guests are two past presidents of the South Florida District Dental Association, Dr. Joseph Pector and Dr. Mark Limassani. Hi, I'm so happy to have you here today. It's been a long time. As you know, we're going to discuss technology, and it seems that it moves at the speed of light. From our homes to our workplaces to our cars, there are so many innovations. It's so hard to keep up. I can't imagine how you keep up with it in a dental practice. So let's talk about it. Thanks. So good to be here. Thank you so much for having us. I like this topic. It's a fun one. For me, my background, I'm a periodontist. And prior to that, I did major in computer science at Dartmouth College. And now that I'm a periodontist, I don't do much of the computer programming, but I feel like I'm an end user. And I've learned a lot over the years in my practice of what works, what doesn't work. And we can go into some of that today, what's worth using and what's not worth using in private practice. And I know Mark has a, a, an exceptional endodontic practice, and he's brought some technologies to my attention that I didn't even know existed. So we're constantly learning from each other every day. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, Joe, I mean, we, we've had the good fortune to work with one another and kind of explore and grow, um, in, in, in the dental field and, and being relatively younger dentists, I think we've, we've really started to ride that wave. But I think what's important is that you can never forget about the, the basic principles. So what you're doing is, is you're, you're taking the, the general concepts of what you've learned and now you're applying this different way of doing them, understanding that that foundation still remains the same. There's still those, those key principles that you can't come away from. That's where, that's where the analysis has to, is this technology worth investing in comes to fruition? Like you, you have to really think to yourself, okay, well, am I really going to put the time, money and effort into learning this new way of doing things? Uh, is that something that I want to do? And how will it benefit 
my patients, how it benefit my team, and how it benefit me. And once you kind of develop a, a thought process as to do you want to implement something or not, then you either move forward or stay back. That's great, Mark. I wanted to add that um, with COVID, I think it's accelerated. Actually, technology has accelerated what was already in process because even this podcast and all of our dental meetings were already going to webinars, online events so that we could share information with one another more easily and on everybody's time schedule. So I think that with COVID, it's even more important to really look into what technologies are working, what what aren't, and explore new technologies that might help us. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that what what COVID has done in this entire pandemic is it's really now that things are starting to kind of open up to a certain extent, you've you become a little bit more judicious with what type of meeting you really want to have in face to face and what what can go virtual because you're starting to understand those little nuances of okay, well this this interaction I really want it to be face to face because there's something missing when we're behind a screen. In other instances, you're like, okay, well, we, we just want to share information here. So I think a virtual meeting would be just fine. So that's where I feel like technology, we're starting to understand the 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 limitations of it as well. So I, I find it's like you you kind of go back and forth between, you know, the classic like back back to basics relationships 101 and on the other side of the equation you're moving at you know a thousand miles a minute and you're kind of dancing between these two these two different realms so it's it's kind of it's an interesting time to be practicing would you say that COVID has also kind of advanced what you would do in your dental practices as well technologically or i i don't know that it has advanced it, I think the communication, what Mark was talking about, has changed, uh, that we do more uh, virtual consults and we're more talking about reimbursement through insurance companies on that and with our patients and our families at home. Communication, I think, has changed. and But I think a lot of the technologies are already there. And as far as the technologies in use in our practices, Yes, I mean, again, with communication organization, I think they're they're changing and getting better because they always get better even through the pandemic. It was it's been almost a year now. It's hard to believe that, but yes, technology is always getting better. So I don't know if some of it's a result of COVID or it's just getting better because that's what it is. But for me personally, I think more of the communication organization. But there are advances in our practices. And those are the ones I think Mark was alluding to whether to spend on that. We'll get into that more, I'm sure. But that's my take. Yeah, I I think that the pandemic really made it made everyone get off the fence, whether you were thinking about retiring, and that would have been something you would have done later on, or you were thinking about potential practice ownership, or you were thinking about, you know, backing off and going down to three days a week or whatever have you, I feel like this environment really pushed people in one direction or another. And and technology does have a lot to do with it. I think that some for some practices that were on the fence about whether to go digital or not, for instance, uh, related to radiography or jump into, you know, three-dimensional imagery and CBCT, com- 
comb beam computed tomography, enhanced magnification, um, and so on and so forth, I feel like this environment is one of disruption. We've been disrupted with the pandemic, and now we're, we're kind of, we're okay with rethinking things. And when you create that space for rethinking things, that's when you can embrace a different way of doing things, a different way of of practicing, a different way of treatment planning, of uh, treatment execution, and so on and so forth. So it's kind of it's there. There has been some benefits. Embracing technology is is a mindset more so than an action, and it's really a question of being comfortable with thinking outside the box, being comfortable with rethinking a paradigm that you had had or a set of principles, and just scrutinizing that a little bit more, embracing something, a new way of doing, uh, a new way of operating and seeing how that could, uh, how, how that works or not. You know, is this, I think the biggest, the biggest thing nowadays is like, is this fake news or not? (laughs) Like, is this just another fad? Is this just another, you know, is this going to go by the way of the, of the dodo? Is this another like beta version for those younger dentists who probably don't know what that means but <laughs> beta versus vcr um you know like when is it when am i gonna jump or when am i gonna wait till this gets better right like joe like from your perspective where what what have you which technology has have come to your attention you're like you know what I'm going to wait on this one. I don't think I'm ready for that. Or I don't think that it does what I think it does. We, okay. We can get more specific. So periodontics, one of the biggest ones in our world is the laser. Very, very controversial. And, and really there's a lot of varied studies. A lot of them are sponsored by the companies and it's very difficult to see the real differences. Some people love their lasers and use them every day. Some, some periodontists tell me that it's just a fad and, uh, you know, it's hard to say. So, that's one that I was waiting to talk about. Sure. Um, personally, I don't use a laser in, um, in my practice, but, you know, I do more regeneration. And even, even when you look at the science behind that, like, I think there's tech, the technology part and the science are combining you know, at a fast rate, biotech, it's all combining. So, you know, we're, we're talking about technology, but we can, you know, we can relate it to almost anything innovative in our field and all of it's digitized and connected to some kind of technology so that we can use it, track it, everything. So, I mean, we're, I, I'll go back at you. I know that's maybe if you want to talk about more specific technologies, sure. what's, what's the technology mark that in endo What's like the number one thing that's changed your practice in the last five years? We'll say five years. That's a great question. I I, I would say, um, you know, in the endodontic practice nowadays, there's the dental operating microscope, which has been around for, you know, well over 20 years. And although it's not considered the standard of care, it definitely has a huge impact in the, the level of precision um, and and just from the operator's perspective our ability to treat and and treat in a very comfortable ergonomic manner second would be cone beam computed tomography cbct 
from from a diagnostic perspective, this makes the difference between having patients undergo extra, very expensive, unnecessary work in the wrong direction versus making a call right then and there, standing by it and uh, and having, you know, basically deciding to have a tooth extracted or making the call to know that in this certain specific instance, retreatment or apicoectomy is something that's likely to work. Um, so CBCT is huge. In my practice and within the past three years, what's been really revolutionary is something called the Gentle Wave. It's a device that basically sits on the tooth and disinfects uh, using a closed loop system um, and multisonic uh, energy. Uh, so it's using fluid dynamics. And interestingly enough, this is a company that was not even in the dental space. This was basically a company that was a subsidiary of uh, a venture capital firm that their entire goal is investing in technologies that are disruptive in medicine and, and dentistry was one of them. So basically what they did is they hired a fluid dynamics a PhD and said, okay, we've got this small space. These guys don't seem to know how to clean it out effectively. Can you bring an outside the box perspective and figure this out? And then three years went by and they came out with this technology. And now early adopters brought it into the practice in 2016, 2018, I integrated into, into mine. And this is, this is kind of the new, you know, laser quote unquote, you know, it's, we're able to do things more effectively. We're able to do things with less work and, and we're getting the results. So that, that, those are the three top three technologies. And, and you're always in that, that space of, okay, but you know, the science isn't there to, you don't have the longevity to say, is this something that makes a difference or not? So you're, you go back to procedurally speaking, like, does it make the procedure smoother? Does it make your procedural outcomes better? Are you able to accomplish the same goals with less time? If yes, willing to adopt. If no, let's let's wait and see if if this has an impact. Like Joe, from your perspective, guided uh, guided surgery is that something that's a big game changer for you? Is it something that you, in certain instances, you felt like it's had a big impact? Like how how do you find that that's that's been uh, positive or, or good question. I, I guess let me start by saying, yeah, I'm learning from you about, you know, the endodontic world and what technologies are available to you and what you adopt in your practice. So it's interesting to hear about that. If we're switching gears towards the dental implants, then there's a lot of innovations. And I'll go back to what you said on cone beam CT scans. That's, that's been out for a while, but let's go into AI artificial intelligence, the nerve, uh, being able to automatically detect it. That wasn't out when I was in residency. And also one of the big ones, and I have to thank uh, doctors Ray Gonzalez and a few others for helping learn the software, is actually to mesh, uh, it's called Blue Sky Bio, that able to mesh the CT scan with the Coming. impression. Oh, yep. Uh, the, impression. the impression. So that way you can do a prosthetically driven plan and you can do virtual wax ups in it. That's this it's a free version of the software available online and there are, there are paid versions but that particular one is one that I've learned to better visualize where to place the implants better 
And, and I think that it's a valuable tool. Rick Ferguson also, Dr. Rick Ferguson, I have to thank him for his help. And a lot of 3D printing, actually, Mark, I think you and I have done several courses with yeah. those two as, and, and you just see the 3D printers and uh, let's go into cost too. Some of the things go down in cost. So CBCT scanners used to be a hundred thousand dollars or more. Yeah. But now that they're more affordable, even you, you see it in general dentists practices as well and, the, and they're diagnosing with it. And then, and as far as the 3D printing is concerned, they're more affordable. And now you have kids playing with that and, and they're developing new things. So the rate at which we're developing and constantly learning and it build everything builds on each other. So it, that, that goes into a few of those topics. Yeah. You, you brought up such a great point of how technology really has an impact on actually decreasing the cost and, and uh, us being able to provide like a high quality of care without all the expenditures that were, that we had to deal with in the past. And like you said, you know, CBCTs were extremely, extremely cost prohibitive or printing out 3D guides, having another company take care of that was cost prohibitive. And now, now that people can print them in house, well, that's kind of changed the landscape of how much can be charged and so on and so forth. So it's, it's, it's really interesting as to how it bleeds into every single case spectrum. Like what I'll say in, in endodontic technologies is it, it makes the easy cases easier. It makes the extremely hard cases more manageable. Not that you can do it without the know-how. It doesn't take away from your experience. You still have to understand what you're dealing with. But the technology just makes it such that you have a better grasp of it and you can execute a little bit more effectively. I like Would the you, way – yeah, is I that, agree. Is that about right? I, I like the way you put it where before I was doing massive sinus lifting and now with CT scans, you can pretty much map out the topography of the entire sinus. So – Sometimes you can get away with a more minimally invasive approach Interesting. Ra rather than, and also there are cases where you'd say, you know, let's just bone graft and com come back later. I would say over 95% of the time, you're going to go for the immediate implant placement because it's patient preferred because it, you know, it really does, you can, you can plan out everything in advance and have a few different implants available for the case. And, and the CBCT scan makes it you know, easier to do it. And it also makes it more efficient, you know, so I agree. And then as the software keeps getting better, it's faster. And like you said, you could do more yourself rather than then, sending it to a lab or. And, and it's interesting from a communication perspective, it's huge. Like in order to be able to articulate to a patient exactly what their condition is, you know, to give them a three-dimensional understanding of what we're dealing with, to give them perspective. Like that, that's, that's the incredible. And, and I would believe that AI has the capacity to do this. If you were to say, okay, well, this is what your mouth looks like now. And if you were to continue to trend in this direction, this is where you would potentially end up versus if we address this situation now, then you have we have the ability to stop it dead in its tracks. Like right. let's say aware, like right. let's say you know a, a patient that's starting to ex experience pretty significant wear. We see a couple of cracks. They've had a couple of crowns. You can literally show them. Okay, well you know here is here is the 
possible progression of your situation if we don't address this condition ahead of time. You know, so it really kind of, it tells a story rather than it being just static images. You know what I mean? It's like a lot more, it gives you so much of a better understanding of what you're dealing with and it brings them along the journey. I'm, I'm listening to you all and this is fascinating to me because it's so new, but uh, as someone who is not a dentist, I'm going to ask you, do you have to train staff to work alongside with you? And, and if that's the case, how willing is your staff, you know, wanting to learn this? That's a good point. I'll start with that. And I'll also, the one thing I wanted to add to what Mark said is, I think we're, we're gearing this discussion as specialists, speaking to a whole group of dentists and specialists, but um, and as far as communication is concerned, not only with patients, but with other dentists mm -hmm. being able and, spe and other specialists being able to communicate what we're seeing and we're, we're able to do that better and better. And in the end, it'll all, you know, virtual reality. There's a lot of things out there to the training involved. But back to what your question was, um, Yolanda, um, training, I'll give you an example. I, I just, uh, was looking at some of these intraoral scanners. And almost every company will provide some training. And some of these technologies, we the dentists aren't even using them. Your, your staff are using them and you'll go with them the training and then they'll do, you know, some of the data acquisition and then we'll look at the result. Just like a lot, a lot of us don't take our own, uh, you know, expose our own radiographs, our dental staff do it and then we, we check them. So <laughs> we're adopting technologies and getting training for our staff. And, and sometimes they, they learn it better than us actually. And, uh, some of the 3d printing and the laboratory work that we were talking about earlier, some of the staff really get good at that and, and they can teach us some things too. So I think, yes, Leo, every technology that we embrace in our office, our staff are involved from the get go, sometimes using it more than we do. And we learn from them. I think that it really. It, it instills a culture of excellence in a practice when we're always pushing one another to grow. I think that that, that leads to job satisfaction, that leads to team building, that leads to camaraderie. When a person, as opposed to, it, it really breaks the monotony. So instead of someone, you know, coming in and doing the same thing for the next 30 years, they really, I mean, it, it really creates that growth mindset. I, I remember I had certain team members where I would bring in a new technology and they were, by nature, they were not um, the type of person that would kind of go out and try something new. And in kind of embracing a new way of doing things and embracing that, that uncomfortable feeling of learning something new and getting on the other side of that where you're very, you know, agile and nimble and able to manipulate that which you didn't understand before is a really great feeling. Like you're, you're giving other, your team members, uh, your staff, your, your team, an opportunity to feel what it is to grow beyond what you know at that moment. And that is, that's super inspiring. I think, I think team, you know, I think it really, it brings a lot of energy into a practice. Yeah. I think we've come a long way from the, um, walnut paneling. Yeah. <laughs> era. Mm -hmm. It's, a, you know, that's the thing it's, but I will say, I mean, those, you know, 
from a legacy perspective, what can't be lost is is relationships. And that's what sometimes gets lost, you know, when you've got a screen in between you and the patient, when you've got that, th- there could be dissociation. So I think that if you embrace technology and you use it to kind of distill down the actual work element of it and you maximize that the relationship building aspect with your patients then it's great but you can never kind of dissociate from that you gotta you gotta keep that in the mix uh, another thing i thought about talking about was about some of the online learning and that i think back to you know technology uh is one of the things that's growing more and more because now how did we learn in the last year if you want to talk about that, uh, a lot of us, I, I remember when I was stuck at home during COVID, there were a lot of CE opportunities. I feel like there are a few less now, but at the time I remember some, a lot of the companies sponsored some web, some web webinar, zoom meetings, what have you, that was some really good learning. And I'd like to see more of that. I mean, I know they had a really big captive, captive audience when we were all stranded <laughs> and couldn't work <laughs> for good reason, but um, I think that's going to be more and more the way that people learn videos, video learning, you know, everybody, YouTube's everything nowadays, but with, with more high quality learning. And actually one of the, I'll give a plug for Spear Education. Uh, we actually, Mark and I have both been involved in that yep. for years. And um, I wanted to thank Dr. Lee Hauer for pretty much introducing me to that. He had a club for many years and I think that it's extremely valuable after graduating to be able to see some of these really exciting high-level cases and treatment plan and, and a lot of things we're talking about here today, they were, they're doing with the virtual wax-ups and photographs and the communication that we keep coming back to, That that's extremely important so we can give the best care possible for our patients. For so sure. Would you say then that... For instance, South Florida District, we've been doing webinars now for about a year. And at the very beginning, our our sponsors were gung-ho and giving us webinars almost weekly. And we were very happy with that. And we hope we can continue it. But there's something that you said, Dr. Limosani, about there are certain things that you really want to be in person looking at. And there are things that, yes, if the quality is really good, you can watch this uh, on an on-demand kind of virtual format. But at some point, do you think that maybe we need to get together and see each other and, and have that relationship building that we had in, in person? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would say as an educator, like in having given coursework and, and things of that nature, I feel like it, you don't get as much of the feel of someone having an aha moment when it's not in person. Like, there is a lot to be said when someone, like a light switch goes off in someone's mind and they go, oh, got it. Like, you don't get that when you're doing some virtual coursework or or even less if it was pre-planned coursework. Um, so, I, I think that some form of a hybrid way of learning is has value. Maybe some modules would be done online and then you all come together you you share the ideas and then afterwards you go back into your online curriculum. I think that there's there's efficiency in that, um, but 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 there is something that to be said of like the exploration of human interaction because what what doesn't happen when you have things pre-programmed and and that set schedule is you don't have the possibility of of that you know exploration of. Uh, 
great teachers are great storytellers. And very often you'll have an amazing teacher that's able to teach you something about dentistry. And he's talking about, you know, a trip to somewhere else. And it has nothing to do with the actual dentistry, but because of the fact that you, a parallel was made in a field that was, that had nothing to do with, with the dental world, you're able to kind of, it clicks because you're so focused on that one task at hand and for whatever reason it working or whatever have you, that once it's projected in a totally different way of looking at it, you, you get that. Oh, okay. Got it. And that's, that's what you lose a little bit, I find, when it's not in person. The Q&As are never as powerful, in my opinion, as, the, as opposed to when you're in, you know, a live setting. So, I think that there's a bit of both is, is, a, is a nice balance. Yeah, I do believe a bit of both because there is some comfort in being able to manage your time to sit through a lecture that you want to versus this is the only night it's going to happen and I can't make it. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I believe that we're going to go into a hybrid situation and it'll be pick and choose as to what will be live and what will be via webinars. And, and there's also the possibility of maybe considering, you know, if, if you could live stream, do more live streaming and those that really see value in attending in person, they get all those pearls, all the, you know, there has to be some extra added value in the in-person format versus the virtual format. And if that, if you bring that to the table, then people, those that want to will opt for the in-person and those that, you know, they see value, but they just want the content. They'll, they'll do, you know, they'll do virtual and, and that's fine. You know, so it, just depends. Open-mindedness is what we need. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think for the South Florida district, it, it it's important to have the meetings again. I'll just make a plug for that because you wouldn't meet people like Michael Egnatz, Alan Friedel, yeah. Cesar Sabat. I mean, I'm just listing. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to meet them virtually and get that kind of camaraderie and that kind of you know, love and attention, you're not going to do it unless you show up to the, you know, all the meetings. So I think that when we do get things going, I, I agree, there'll be a combination, just like any big meeting, they're always going to have and the recordings afterwards you can buy. I'm not sure what, if we should charge for it, maybe we should to get those pearls and make a little money for the dental society. But I think in the end, I would like to see us go back to in-person meetings. In addition to all this we've learned through the pandemic of, you know, technology and how to better communicate with our members. That is such a great point. Thank you for bringing, you know, bringing that up. I think that, and you're right. I mean, the pillars of our community, like you said, the Mike Ignaz, the Alan Fridells, the Cesar Sabatez, the Carlos Sanchez, the, I mean, we don't want to miss names, but there are so many wonderful, amazing, rich muffs and um, just, just incredible people. Isaac Garazzi, just, I mean, you know, and, and, and people are peers. I mean, Joe and I have been friends for, it, it's we're nearing on 10 years mm -hmm. we're, we're getting close to 10 years we've probably known each other for in the community for well over five years and this was all started here at, at south florida which is amazing i really think that these are the intangibles that come along with joining uh, participating 
participating in leadership. I mean, you get to meet such amazing, incredible people and you get to work alongside great people like Yolanda. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's just been such a great experience and you, you, you can never forget that you, the virtual environment does not replace all the, the historical context, all the, the, the wonderful interactions that we can have. And, and we get to learn people beyond, you know, their dental, from a dental perspective. Like it's, it's really, that is such an enriching element of, of, of this, of these gatherings. I, I agree. I mean, it can't, it can't be a hundred percent virtual. There's, there's too much that gets missed, um, over, you know, over the internet, I guess you could say. I myself have enjoyed meeting your wives, your families at these things, and and the fact that we get to meet people that could become our future leaders. If we wouldn't have had these in-person meetings, I would have never met either of you. Agreed. So to me, it's I, I want to have that in-person meeting, but I don't want to lose the webinars either. I think we need to have that opportunity for, for people when they can't make it. So we'll, we'll work on that. We'll figure that one out. You know, when I say it, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we could, be, we could get more specific on technologies or we could move on to more communication. But I think um, in the end, just some of the summary points are things are getting, you know, faster, more efficient. I do like the algorithms that help us in practice. We were talking actually before we even started the show, we were talking about the artificial intelligence and predicting what we need before we need it. And it's, it is hard to evaluate what is worth adopting. And there is a lot of, as we discussed earlier, staff training involved. So I think for me, in summary, uh, keep learning, keep, keep listening to podcasts, attending seminars, see what everybody else is doing, you know, so you get a good perspective. And, and then you have to try some things. You have to kind of embrace the technology yourself and with your whole staff. As I said, without getting too specific for the rest of this, I think that everybody listening should take something out of our perspective as specialists. And if you have anything else to add about that. No, that's great. I mean, I, I agree. I think it's, I think keeping an open, inquisitive mind really allows for you to embrace you know, that, that new space, that new way of doing things, that new approach. Uh, I, I, I think that it really, it really makes for a very enriching career. I think trying to, to hold on to what you've created and not wanting to grow and, and saying to yourself, Oh, well, this worked or this worked in my practice for X amount of years, that really holds you back. And I mean, just think about, you know, society in general. If we would have said to ourselves, yeah, but I mean, it takes, so it takes me three days to get from Boston to New York. Like, I mean, well, if, if I could just take my horse and buggy, I mean, that's working just fine. Why change? Well, I mean, if we keep, if you keep holding on to the concept of, well, it works then you preclude yourself from exploring this whole nother world of possibilities if you were to just say to yourself, yeah, but could it work better? Or could it work different? Or is this, you know, is this something that's possible? Just opening your mind to a different possibility, a different reality, I think allows for growth and expansion. And, and that's, that's something worth embracing. 
Thank you for listening. Ain't That the Tooth is produced by the SFDDA and directed and edited by Victoria Marrero. Our theme music was written and performed by our own Dr. Richard Mufson. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, Bank of America Practice Solutions, CareStream Dental, Dental Broker of Florida, Florida Dental Association, and Florida Dental Association Services for making this production possible. We want to give a special shout out to Dr. Rita Steiner for her lovely comments about our podcast. She will be receiving one of our Ain't That the Tooth coffee mugs. And remember to leave your comments and questions at www.sfdda.org and you might be the next one to get our mug. High performance meets ergonomic design for uncompromised scanning in CareStream Dental's newest interaural scanner, the CS3700. The new design of the scanner centers around doctors' needs and preferences with customer-centric workflows. Smart shade matching, high-speed scanning and processing, and touchscreen capabilities. Visit carestreamdental.com forward slash CS3700 for more information.